So. Now. Well. Ooh, this. This will be interesting. So I've never done this before, ever. Um, this is a different kind of announcement. Uh, and I think you understand where I'm coming from. But seeing the evolution here of this family and these kids, and I watch them get older. And as a creator of a story, I think about these things. I think about where are we going? What do the characters need to go through? So this is where I have to tell you, this is my decision as the creator of this show with Simon, that season four is the final season of Star Wars Rebels. I know, I know, but I firmly believe that each generation needs to have their own piece of Star Wars, you know? And I feel that this show, for a lot of kids growing up with it, is very much, as much a part of Star Wars as any of the movies, and I really appreciate that love from you guys. And I feel creatively, that I can make this story about these characters the most meaningful that it can be by arcing it to where I need to get to at the end of this season. everywhere welcome to episode number 71 the blast points this is jason and it's game two and i know it's been like three weeks now right but we're still if you can believe it we're still talking about celebration we still got celebration fever a little bit <laughs> um I've, yeah, I've been sleeping with the ice pack on my head taking cold showers it's but i still can't kick it <laughs> the blisters are still on my feet so yeah we're already planning uh planning for the next one yep. so can't come fast enough well with this one we're going to talk about some of the panels that we didn't go to some of the other news that happened there some of the smaller panels we did go to and some of the stuff that wasn't there yeah and is weird but starting out the biggest news of something we didn't go to was rebels we're pretty bad at making it to the animation panels because we didn't make it to the rebels panel last time either at, at anaheim right i'm trying to remember what 
was what was going on that we didn't make it last time. It was I remember in Anaheim, yeah, it was the same time as the, the art department from The Force Awakens. Right, you're right. We had to hit anything Force Awakens that time. You're right. That was a tough one at Anaheim that a lot of the really good stuff was over, there was a lot of overlap. And we had done the the overnight line for The Force Awakens and Rebels. I mean, that's the thing though, like Getting into a Rebels panel, it's it's not like overnight lines, but you got to be there at the crack of dawn to get in to get your spot. And usually it's like on Saturday, and we've done like the big opening panels. And by the time Saturday comes around, we just want to sleep. Yeah, we need to take a break. <laughs> um, but I think didn't people wait overnight in Orlando for the Rebels panel? Because remember on Friday night when we were heading back from disney didn't we see people outside yes we did and i was i was so exhausted <laughs> i was just like good for them and we felt so bad because we met that family at mcdonald's and oh. the son was like you think i could just like go at 8 a.m and get in <laughs> no like, no no <laughs> maybe 8 p.m you might get in <laughs> he's like slowly putting a french fry in his mouth so yeah. what time should i get there <laughs> Yeah. You think maybe 7.30 would be okay? <laughs> no, 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 no. Kid, let me tell you a story. Yeah. Last night, we were in line for The Last Jedi for 72 hours. I started in line in Chicago, and the end of the line was in <laughs> Florida. I went through eight states to get into the panel. So, yeah, we're not good at going to any kind of Dave Filoni panel, which is a shame because... I love watching Dave Filoni. I love listening to Dave Filoni. Yeah, he's the best. And I, it's always always watching the video of the panel afterwards. Yeah, I'm always like, man, <laughs> I wish I would have went to this. So one of these days, we got to get to a Dave Filoni panel. So before they showed the trailer for Rebels Season 4, he had the big announcement that Season 4 will be the final season of Rebels. Yeah, which... A lot of people, I mean, there was some speculation that that was going to happen, I think, since season two, right? That that it was going to be maybe three or four seasons, um, and it turned out to be true. What makes sense, I think, did you see, I think he got into that. People asked him about that on the Star Wars, on the Star Wars show stage, maybe? they Everyone wanted to uh, see a show through to the end, and it seemed like they were all still a little scarred from the Clone Wars getting uh, ended prematurely, and that they would rather err on the side of ending early and on purpose than trying to get another couple seasons in and not getting to finish it as planned. Yeah. Wrapping it up on their terms, which I kind of think is, is exciting to me and makes me look forward to any new shows. Cause I kind of like the idea of getting, you know, three or four seasons of something and then getting something new mm-hmm. uh, in the star Wars universe instead of just as much as I loved clone wars and would have liked to see all what seven or eight seasons. Um, it's exciting to think, you know, possibly, a little over a year from now, we could be seeing a brand new animated series. I think everybody understands where I'm coming from and wanting this to be a complete story, wanting to tell the whole adventure of Ezra Bridger, um, not having it just end abruptly, let's say, <clears throat> like another show I worked on. Yeah. So, so this is the intended. Yeah, and this is what I want. I mean, I think it's important and there's a lot of stuff going on and 
I want to make sure that I can have my focus on this season yeah. to make sure everything happens the way that Simon Kinberg and I would like it to happen. So I'm pretty excited about what you guys are going to get to see. So what's, I mean, you've got a lot going on in Lucasfilm Animation. You've got Forces of Destiny coming, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's more to expect from you and that's really exciting. What are you most excited about? In the future? Yeah. I can't even talk about it. See? You see what happens? I can't even talk about it. I try. Believe I try, me, guys. I would, boy, would I love to. Because Dave loves I to talk. I would so love to tell you what, what I've got working out in the future, but I just, I can't. But, I mean, I guess, hopefully, if you like the things that I've been a part of storytelling-wise, I think it's all in that vein. It just takes it to a new level. That's what it always has to be, a new exciting level where we, we push things. Uh, and I mean, yeah, after 12 years, I couldn't be more excited about making more Star Wars. So that's what I'm excited about most. So thank you. There's so many places they could go. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could list everything. I don't know. If you had to bet, if somebody's like, what do you, what do you really feel the next Star Wars animated show is going to be about, what would you say? Or what what era is it going to be set in? I guess that's the thing. I kind of feel like it would make sense to do between six and seven, which is kind of, I think that's where the Battlefront game story is taking place. And they're mm -hmm. starting to kind of fill in the blanks there. So I feel like that would be a good time, time frame for a new animated show. I know there's a lot of fans of the Knights of the Old Republic games who would like to see them, you know, jump way, way, way back in time. But I just get the feeling that Disney's going to stay away from that time frame for a while. Well, and Last Jedi might dip its toes in some ancient Star Wars history too. That that may be an area that they don't want to they don't want to dig into with the yeah. uh, EU style. I think we talked about this before. If they just did what Luke was up to show with Mark <laughs> Hamill's voice, <laughs> young children would grow chest hair. <laughs> you know, <laughs> be just, babies with mustaches. Yeah, would just mess people up. So maybe it would maybe it's for the best if they don't go that route. But yeah, I really feel like there's so much cool stuff they could do post Return of the Jedi before Force Awakens that would be great for animation. And it would kind of fit the the theme of, you know, doing Clone Wars, which was between two and three, and then doing Rebels, which was between three and four. Um but I think didn't you mention that it would be cool to do kind of between a new hope and empire mm -hmm. which yeah because i mean that stuff was great in the old like classic star wars uh comic strips where you know like the whole thing was this kind of the search for echo base bouncing from base to base and a lot of the characters and things that have been introduced in rebels could just segue right into that but then now i think like you know that was a few months ago or whatever but now i almost think like something set in the sequel trilogy timeline all about the resistance versus the first order maybe telling the story of some people in the resistance it could be all about poe pretty much anything that they've been hitting in the comics could very easily find its way over into the new animated show or even something like how like rose a maintenance worker that gets thrusted into an adventure like you could easily have anyone from the Resistance suddenly find themselves in an adventure against the First Order? I don't know. Oh, that's exciting. It, maybe it'll be the adventures of General Maydine. Don't get me, don't get me worked up here. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're breaking my heart, Jason. You know, and he rides a motorcycle, like a space motorcycle through yeah. the galaxy. He has longer hair when he was younger. Yeah. <laughs> he was in a band. Oh, he, he builds space motorcycles for other kids and they start like a motorcycle gang through space 
and they fight Could werewolves. Be. Have they ever had the any of the Star Wars werewolves on uh, Clone Wars or Rebels? Well, you know, there was the werewolf Jedi in the Gendry. I don't think the 3D stuff ever, yeah, they never got, or the werewolf guy from Force Awakens, so maybe uh, can, still, yeah, it can be all about those guys. There's still time. They still. could do like a Maz's Castle animated series where it's just, you know, random adventures of people who come through Maz's Castle. I would be into that. You know, you could have a show where every episode is about a different person from Maz's Castle. Like, we're not going to stop until we've talked about every single person. Yeah. Like a three-parter about the mosquito people. <laughs> <laughs> a feature film about GA97. GI-97 animated series would be pretty good, though. Mm-hmm. Like a whole spy thing, with because 3PO is like the spy master, right? So it's like like Charlie's Angels, and they have to talk to 3PO and get their mission, and it's just G897 and PZ4Co and somebody else. <laughs> another, maybe. Yeah, another spy droid, yeah. yeah. G97 flies in on this tiny spaceship. I think he's got a grappling hook, too. He's oh, got to. oh, you know he does. He'd take his microphone mouth out and sing in it. <laughs> or the other, the other droids would sing it to his mouth. Yeah. That'd be the opening credits. That's why he's the ultimate spy droid, because he's just a microphone with legs. <laughs> he's like the the guy in the corner with the boom mic in uh, Kentucky Fried Movie. <laughs> Fistful of yen. <laughs> All right, so Rebels. <laughs> Filoni also said there's only going to be 16 episodes in season four, which is, I think, what was the last one? Season three was 22, I think. So it's considerably shorter. I was happy to hear that, but kind of, I guess, you're sad because there's less. But it's funny because there's always the criticism that a lot of the episodes are filler. Mm-hmm. And they're always adamant that none of the episodes are filler. Mm-hmm. But then somehow this last season is kind of like there's no filler in it, you know? So. Are there going to be a lot of filler episodes? Because let's talk about filler episodes. The filler for a episodes. Let's talk about filler, filler I, I would say there's very, very few filler episodes. No, <laughs> there's no real droid singing there's this no season. There's no such thing as filler in this there's show. There's no, yeah, AP5's, uh, he's on Broadway now. So we can't even get him anymore. He's really good. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, you'll even see that. I know it's exciting because we do like a Jedi episode where we're revealing a lot of stuff. Right. And then you're wondering, well, no, now here's Chopper and AP5. And while that's fascinating, it doesn't get to some of your questions like... But some of my you favorite know, episodes so were ones that people I know. Like, I think like, you like them. The I know. The Forgotten Droid is the best. I, I know, love that episode. All the filler episodes have a purpose. But so exactly. That. So that's yeah. something that we've talked about quite a yes. bit on Rebels Recon is that, you know, now that we're getting further into the series, mm-hmm. these things that seemed like filler at the time are coming back and be important in a really big way. It's true. It's true. There's no such thing really as filler. Um, I understand that people want would like lightsaber battles and Darth Vader all the time and Thrawn blowing up stuff all the time. But, you know, we pace it out and it's all purposeful and it's all planned. So a lot of that, even some bizarre episodes come to have a a big purpose in season four. So you'll see, you'll see. I believe that, but like, I'm still waiting to know what the purpose was of the kid space pirates with the space waffles was. They'll be back maybe. (laughs) So I was just thinking if there's 16 episodes, right? And each episode's like 22 minutes. That ends up being almost six hours. 
So I almost wonder if the whole season's almost, I mean, there's, that's like, you know, the original trilogy is like six hours. Like, I wonder if they're going to be kind of spread out more. It's almost like, you know, it's all one continuous story this time and they're not going to be jumping around or it's almost like maybe they did film, they did write it like three, two hour movies and they're just breaking it into episodes. Well, he did say too, that um, the season's going to be made up of a lot of arcs and two parters. So it's going to be one more continuous story. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's exciting. He was asked about it if um, the Battle of Jakku or the Battle of Scarif will factor into season four. I wouldn't like hanging the entire series we've done in my characters on something else that we've already seen. And while I can understand as a fan that it would be interesting to have that be the Battle of Scarif, that's purely to me for continuity. Right. And it's like, there's nothing, there would have to be something really epic that my guys are doing in that battle. And if there was something epic, it should have been in the movie. <laughs> should have been in the movie, right. Yeah. So I've never looked at Rebels as something that has to actually rely on the other films. Mm-hmm. If you started with Rebels, you can watch the entire thing and never see any of the movies and still get the spirit of what Star Wars is and how it all works. And that's true from beginning to end of it. It does not rely on the others. But if you've seen the others, it enriches the experience and you can go deeper with it. So... I mean, I love that stuff, and obviously there's Rebels' influence yeah. in, in it already. Cool. But, uh, you know, I, w- I wouldn't really expect too much to see that. I just like kind of knowing that, however, after the series ends, whether it's Hera in the Ghost or just Hera and Chopper or if Kanan's in there too or whatever, that the Ghost is still part of the Rebel Alliance and the Battle of Scarif and stuff. And it's, I think it's impressive that they've been, they have so much restraint because it's a similar thing to Darth Maul came back to life and they never succumbed to having Maul versus Vader. As cool as that would be and as much as it seemed like whenever they would have story meetings, they were like, well, let's do Maul versus Vader. That they never really, they didn't do it. They held back. And mm-hmm. it seems like a similar thing where it's like, you know, it would be really cool to to just show Rogue One again from the in the animated form. But sometimes it's better not to do to go those places. So let's talk about the trailer. All right. So Gabe, what, what's your, it, we were talking before we recorded, it's like with all the hoopla of celebration and all the attention on the 40th anniversary thing and the last Jedi, it's like, you kind of forget that there was this Rebels trailer. At least we do. I mean, maybe that's bad of us. I don't know. I think we're just overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you were, we were talking and you were like, Reminding me that the Last Jedi trailer, I'll probably see that in a movie theater <laughs> at some point. And I was like, I didn't even think about that. Like, oh, yeah, these are movie trailers. I'm going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy or something. And I'm going to see the Last Jedi trailer in the theater and have another heart attack all over again. So <laughs> that the Last Jedi, it's actually going to come out in theaters. <laughs> I, know, I think we're still it's not going to be this, this thing that we just forever talk about. We just watch YouTube clips every couple months. It's a very fast-paced trailer. There's a lot of quick, 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 quick cuts and stuff. A lot of action. Saw Gerrera's back. It starts out where they're recapping the show so far with Hera talking. It was a simple story. 
about a boy who was lost and a girl who was broken. They fought alongside a survivor, a war veteran, and a fallen knight. I led them into battle against an evil so terrible it tried to black out the stars. We fought for each other. We fought for those who could not. But we never imagined it would end like this. Kind of right after that, kind of the first thing you see is Ezra and Sabine riding a giant space wolf. Which is really cool to see because if you remember Celebration, I guess that was at Anaheim, right? Or was that at Europe where they talked about... No, that was at Celebration Europe, right? Where they talked about basically the unused Ahsoka stories, how she was going to be rescued by giant wolves mm-hmm. from Order... Or that's how she was going to survive Order 66. You fi- and you finally get your wolf. <laughs> you get space wolves. Space wolves, yeah. That, that took you, a while. Are you so proud now? He's uh, like, I'm, uh, I'm good. I got my wolf. No, well... <laughs> I mean, the story team, they know, obviously, like everyone here does, that I, I like wolves a yeah. lot. They're, they're a great animal. But when you think of a wolf, you have to th- remember that, like, in our culture itself, there's something that's seen as uh, a terrifying thing, an aggressive thing, and also, though, a spirit guide thing, and something that is, is almost like a, a totem leader of spirituality. So... It's interesting to have an animal that depicts both this kind of dark and light sensibility, and I think that actually plays very well into uh, Star Wars. Yeah, when you say it like that, it makes a lot of sense. Obviously. So you, you separate from thinking of whatever you think of the animal is, and then it's a, it's a different thing where how we use it. And we have, a, you know, like Bendu. Bendu was like that. Bendu's like a weird creature. Oh, R2. Are you all right? He's very upset about the wolves. Archie's struggling. Poor Archie's struggling. But, you know, so that's the way to think about it. And you'll see as this goes on how this unravels. And it was a group effort to use them because I've never done it before because I feel like I don't like to be self-serving. Like, it's not the point of this at all. Just because I like something, you know, I I put little tiny things in, like color something a certain color because I like it. But Mm -hmm. the wolf had to be a, a group effort of decision with all everybody working on the show and story. And I was like, okay, well, let's do it. And Kiri Hart believes, she, she's a farm believer that when I like something, I'm passionate about it, it really will turn out really well. Yeah. So here we go with wolves. So <laughs> cool. let's hope that works out. Cool, I'm looking forward to it. So a lot of people are thinking that the giant space wolf is Ahsoka, like in another form. And like how Filoni always compared like uh, Ahsoka to Gandalf. This wolf is, like, white and, like, Gandalf the White. Ahsoka's lightsabers are white. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't put it past the show, but we'll find out. Um, There's, like, a cool atmospheric space battle where the ghost and TIE fighters. Yeah, the goofy TIE fighters. Yeah. There's a part with Sabine and Ezra. Acting like they're reenacting the scene from the 2009 Star Trek where they're flying down to the drilling thing. It's parachuting from space. Yeah, Ezra's wearing a sweet Biker Scout helmet. Yeah, I just noticed that. An Which orange one. Perpetuates the theory that the the person in the black Biker Scout helmet in Rogue One and Saw's gang is Ezra. Oh, I haven't heard that before. <laughs> That's 
you're messing with my mind here. I swear, sometime when one time when I was in the theater, when you know when they showed two tubes, because like all I can look at is two tubes, but like in the corner, there's like a guy in a black biker scout helmet. I yeah, swear, you're right. I, one time in the theater, some guy was like, "Hey, it's Ezra." I was like, Man. "What? Two tubes? It's not Ezra. Don't be silly." See, I could barely look at two tubes because I'm just looking at the blurry fur of uh, Moroth, like <laughs> slightly out of the frame, trying to focus. Come on, if I look hard enough. I'll be able to see more of them. More, more off, please. You got the ghost flying to Yavin, which is cool. It does look really cool. We got shots of the U-Wing. Oh, yeah. Animated U-Wing is cool. You got Mon Mothma. It's, I think that's Mon Mothma talking, and she's like... This is a time of difficult choices. Sometimes impossible ones. Filoni in the panel was talking about how Mon Mothma is back in season four and they're doing something different with Mon Mothma, kind of showing an action Mon Mothma, maybe. Not being so official. Maybe she'll be doing karate chops, like breaking wood boards with her hand and. Like capoeira moves. Yeah. <laughs> tai Chi fighter. She's like a Tai Chi master. Somebody talks back to her and she puts the person in the sleeper hold and they pass out. I believe it. I would never talk back to Mon Mothma. She'll send you on a mission yeah. where you won't come back. <laughs> You're going on a very important mission. Pick, okay. Please, I don't want to go on the mission. Yeah. <laughs> I heard about your missions. Yeah, Saw is back, and he's got his hair. Did you notice that it looks like Saw's? He's it looks like he's looking at like a Geonosis egg. Isn't he looking at a Kyber crystal? Oh, that could be. That would be cool. It's like a big old, big green thing, right? That's the big crystals, I think. Oh um, man, I thought my first thought was a Geonosis egg baby or something. <laughs> I, I won't be opposed to more egg babies. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it's like he's got kryptonite. Uh, we get to see uh, Warwick Davis's ca- debut character, right? Rook, 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 Rook. Who, yeah, in the in the Zon books, he was like uh, Thrawn's big monster bodyguard guy. If you went to go visit Thrawn, you had to pass Rook, which he later killed Thrawn. Spoiler alert: If you haven't read the book, so that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. I never read the book. Sorry, everybody. You just ruined it for me. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go now. Uh, you get lots of shots of Sabine leading Mandalorians with her dark saber. Oh, and Bo-Katan, right? We missed mm-hmm. talking about her. So Bo-Katan is back from Clone Wars. I was gonna say though, I'm really happy they finally gave Warwick Davis a voice, just because I think one of my favorite parts of Celebration in general was just him hosting panels. He was so good. He's just. Yeah, he's so good, and he's just so fun to watch because he is actually really good at, at his job. I never, I didn't go to any panel that David Collins hosted, but I've watched them online. But I would say that this year, I mean, we were at the the Cantina panel with Amy Ratcliffe and Work Davis. Everybody did a great job this year hosting their panel. Everybody just seemed on it. Those were those three were great hosts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they got they got energy. They ask good questions. You are 
right. You have lots of Mandalorian stuff. You got Sabine cutting through speeder bikes with her dark saber. Well, and then we have the crazy shot, right? What Hera flying through the thing? Yeah, hyperspacing through a uh, through a uh, hangar bay. Yeah, those crazy like Ralph MacQuarie Cloud City looking prototype Death Star looking things. She does it in it. She's flying the U-wing, and then later you see Hera in in an X-wing. Yeah, she's just flying everything this next season, which is great. I mean, why not? She flew a B-wing a couple seasons ago with the little Mon Calamari guy, Quarry. That was a great episode. Yeah, I really enjoyed the B-wing episode. So someday, <laughs> to wait till Return of the Jedi <laughs> for them to come back. <laughs> yeah, Hot Callus coming out in Yavin dude gear. It's time to get to work. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about Hot Callus in the panel. <laughs> but it is pretty funny how, like, they did kind of, like, uh, romance novel him up <laughs> when he shows up. It's like the the Fabio of the Rebellion. It's going to be like a Star Trek Enterprise, where there'll just be a lot of unnecessary scenes of Callus taking showers, you know? <laughs> yeah, his shirt will shirt always get ripped off. After every away mission, we have to put this oil all over our bodies. <laughs> I love Star Trek Enterprise. Um, it's been a long road Getting from there to here it, It's kind of interesting, Kanan saying into Ezra, We are the balance. We are the balance, Ezra. We were meant to be Jedi so we could be here now. When Lothal needs us most. It's all starting next season. Well, it's interesting. This this season is going to be the one that's on the air when The Last Jedi comes out. Yeah, I got to think. Well, I mean, based on there wasn't too much as far as build up to Rogue One. But then after Rogue One, there were some tie-ins, so... Yeah, maybe there's going to be some deep force stuff in the second half of this season since Last Jedi will be out. Something I was thinking about today, it's like, I don't know, Gabe, because I didn't watch Clone Wars when it was on as a new show. I only watched it when it came on Netflix. Did people give Clone Wars when it was on as much grief as some people give Rebels? Yeah, I got, well, the first two three seasons it got a lot of grief everyone refused to watch it because you know i don't want to watch that prequel garbage or Mm. did you see the movie the movie was terrible so it really wasn't until maybe end of third season fourth season when people were like oh this show just keeps getting better Um, and then kind of once you're hooked on the show then you can go back and watch the earlier seasons and you know appreciate them for what they are so yeah i feel like it did get it did get more grief and or the same amount of grief and, you know, with Rebels only making it through four four seasons, right? Like, the fourth season of Clone Wars was when it really got going. If Rebels was the only Star Wars thing on, and if there were no movies to kind of pet for, to, for Rebels to compete with, you know, would Rebels be looked at as critically as it is by some fa- I mean, like, Ezra can be really annoying. There's no way getting around that. <laughs> You know, we can just put that right on the table, and you can't, you know, I think even the most dedicated Rebels fan will say, yeah, Ezra sometimes can be a bit much. You know, sometimes Rebels episodes come out, and someone will say, well, it's not as good as Rogue One. It's like, well, of course it's, you know? Yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's the same thing with 
Clone Wars. Everyone thought Ahsoka was annoying because she kind of was a, intentionally annoying the first few seasons. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, there's a lot of similarities there, and it, it is, yeah. And at least when Clone Wars was on, it was it. It was your only Star Wars fix. So Rebels has a little bit harder time, but I think, you know, we've talked about it. Like, I think they did a really good job of focusing on kind of the mystical stuff that the movies haven't really wanted to dig into yet. In addition to just having cool original trilogy space battle stuff. And I almost wonder if people, you know, who watched Rebels were probably even more excited for Rogue One because it was like kind of got a little taste of that in Rebels and then to see it in live action again with, you know, X-Wings and TIE Fighters and all that. I'm sure it made it even more exciting to see it for real. Yeah, and I think Filoni and Carrie Beck and Simon Kinberg and the the creative people behind Rebels, their job is tough where they have to make a show for kids, like Lucas said, for tw- for 12-year-olds. You know, it's an animated show that's targeted more towards the younger demographic, but they also know that old weirdos like us are watching, <laughs> you know, and they got to make us happy, too. They do a pretty good job at that. I mean, but it's not easy. I mean, I, you know, it seems easier than it I feel like the, the day in, day out of what kind of stories do we tell and how do we tell them in 22 minutes. That would be tough and, and make both crowds happy. Yeah. Well, I feel like they have more they've had more restrictions, too, because with Clone Wars, I mean, after season one, Lucas was pretty heavily involved and it was it was Star Wars. It was there was no films. There was no other stuff. So, like, they could kind of not put more into it. But you know what I'm saying? Like get crazy. It, yeah, they could get crazy because, well, A, they had Lucas there and B, it was, you know, it was it. That was like that was all the Star Wars anyone was going to get as far as we knew. Um, where now Rebels is kind of part of this whole experience of there's a TV, there's a cartoon, there's films, there's new comics that are all kind of trying to tell the same connected story. All right, books, the Thrawn book and stuff, the New Dawn book, Rebels, it's all interconnected. Well, I'm looking forward to season four, of course, and I'm looking forward to what's next. Maybe we'll find out... I don't know. I wonder when we'll find out. I wonder if they'll wait until season four is over. I got to think they're going to start teasing what the next thing is before Rebels is done. But one another thing I wanted to bring up, I, I forgot to say what, with the trailer, too, is if we're basing this on you know previous season teasers, probably, what, 70% of what we saw is going to be the first like three episodes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. then there's, you know, who knows what craziness for the second half of the season that are not even hinting at yet in this teaser. And I think people who were in the panel got to see the first episode, so I'm sure those people even know how many how a good chunk of this is probably just from that first episode. Yeah, and we talked to a friend of ours who <clears throat> saw that first episode, and he and everyone else I've heard just had nothing but great things to say about it. So, yeah, and if you're a fan of the Mandalorian stuff, right? It sounds like you get your uh, you get a fix, get your fix fixed pretty quick. <laughs> get your fat fix. So speaking of Boba Fett, there was the other Filoni animation panel that we did not go to, where it was him and Pablo. That was on like Thursday, I think. That was a really cool one that, yeah, it was just poor time, not poor timing, but poor timing for us. Yeah. That we couldn't go to both because, I mean, those are the kind of, those things are just fun to watch because they're kind of 
they're kind of loose, fast and loose, wild and loose, wild and loose. And it was yeah, a lot of just digging back into Clone Wars stuff that you never got to see. One of the chunky bits that came out of that was they showed um, Rex's look, Captain Rex's look from season four of Rebels, which yeah. was all the talk that weekend. I remember we were in line looking on a phone. Yeah. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> so the old guy with the white beard from Return of the Jedi, as I'm sure you've already heard, that's going to be Captain Rex, like totally official. And Rex is going to look like that in season four. We talked about that. What, a few episodes? Dave Filoni threatened to make it happen. He's making it happen. <laughs> Which I think, you know, that's amazing. That's that's what we want to see, right? Yeah. Why not? Why not? So we know Rex made it all the way till Jedi. A plug for the season four panel. You don't, don't want to miss it. We're, we're giving you just a taste of some things. And right speaking, here on the Galaxy Stage, Saturday morning. Just a taste. Right just a little thing. Just a little, just oh. a little thing. What is that? I can't even see no, what that is. No, no, no. That's some kind of... Don't pay any attention to that. That shouldn't even be in this folder. Wait, wait. Just, just speculate away. We're just putting it out there. I can't tell. Why, take would, it, take, why would he need camouflage? It doesn't make any sense. Take that with you. Right. A small strike team. That's interesting. By next celebration, we're going to see a dozen of these guys dressed up, I'm sure. And then they showed um, an animatic of... Like a showdown, like a draw between Cad Bane and Boba Fett. Yeah, that sounded really cool. Well, that's the one painful thing of it's nice they put this stuff on YouTube. So if you missed it, you can watch it. But they cut out all the video stuff, mm-hmm. at least the one I watched. I don't know. Did you find one where they have the video in there? I saw somebody camcorder, somebody recorded it on their phone. Okay. And posted it on YouTube. And I watched it, you know, and it was, it's neat. It's really neat. I'll have to look for that because I listened to it. So I heard the audio, <laughs> the audio for it, but I didn't actually get to see it. It sounded cool. Just the whole idea of, you know, Cad Bane's so cool and training and fighting with Kid Boba. I would have liked to see that. Yeah. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. Well, another panel we didn't go to that was neat was uh, the one, These Are the Droids You're Looking For. Yeah, I thought I watched that one on YouTube and I actually thought that one was a lot of fun. I don't know. What did you think? Yeah, I like the whole time that during the panel, they got the droid builders building, building an astromech off in the corner. Yeah, with just like, because at first it, I didn't catch the joke until like a ways in where they were like duct taping it together and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> saran wrap and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. It was cool to see Matt Wood come out and I think. You know, he was the, I think, the one place we at least got to hear a little bit about Ben Burt. Yes. Uh, because I don't know if we talked about this last week that at the 40th anniversary panel, like the one person who was missing from that panel was Ben Burt. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of strange that he didn't come out or send a video or something. Um, because really, what, Star Wars is George Lucas and then John Williams and Ben Burt. Like, those three are the the holy trinity of star wars well and i would say you know ralph mccrory can't be there but a a video from joe johnston would have been cool yeah you're right i mean gary kurtz isn't gonna he's not gonna say anything but that would be cool or you know i don't know i really i'm starting to wonder if like 
there's something like Ben Burt just doesn't want to be in the public eye anymore or there's something wrong with him. I don't know. Cause no. like he's just completely missing from this stuff and makes me sad, but it was cool to hear Matt Wood talk about him. And I totally forgot like, you know, su- Superman, Ben Burt, who does everything that he did some mocap for the battle droids. That like, was a great story. One of the characters that um, I've sort of taken the mantle over from him uh, on is the battle droids mm-hmm. and how those came together. Uh, he was doing some early mocap tests uh, with the battle droids for Phantom Menace. And I remember he had done this. It was very early on where the suits weren't as elaborate as they were now, obviously, for uh, you know, Rogue One and, uh, and all that. It's, it's, it's a far more advanced. But basically, back then, it was just a bunch of ping pong balls, literally, that he had on a little leotard. And he set one of the points of the ping pong ball up too high and did all this mocap work for the battle droid, and it ended up that the battle droids ended up looking like they were walking around like this after the after the after they came out of the computer, and so their their butts were up really high like that, and it was an error really, but then it ended up working. You know, it gave this kind of uneasy feel to them, uh, and uh, that that was one that was purely out of uh, an accident. That that's, brilliant, had. Yeah. Right? that's brilliant, that's brilliant. Roger, Roger. And Anthony Daniels comes out being Anthony Daniels. Yes, I think uh, older fans will have heard me talk before about my kind of reluctance to be in a funny little low-budget sci-fi movie um, in a costume. Because mm. I, I think I was a very serious actor. Were well, you a proper actor? I was a proper actor. Doing yeah. stage work. Stage, yes. <laughs> um, and then my agent actually pushed me into a meeting with George and who I'd never heard of, frankly. I'd not seen American Graffiti. I didn't know anything about him. And uh, because this was in London. And I was on stage, but it, it was in a theater very close to uh, 20th Century Fox in Soho Square. So I did just to please her go. And I'm, I met George. And he, first of all, the first thing I noticed, he, he was quite short. And I, I like short people. He said the other day he liked short people. Too. Well, you know. I thought that was great that they basically played up his uh, reputation of being kind of a jerk <laughs> that they just went rolled with it and just played it up great. Uh, I did like they showed the first ever costume fitting footage for Anthony Daniels, the C- C-3PO. That was pretty cool. Never seen that before. And it was neat to see all the, you know, compare that with uh, all the behind scenes stuff of uh, K2. You know, even though it was just mocap, he still had some goofy stuff to wear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and then Alan Tudyk comes out, and they did a lot of that stuff. And then th- it was kind of awkward feeling with Anthony Daniels and Alan Tudyk on the couch together. But that just could be anybody with Anthony Daniels, maybe. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. I, I felt like they were both kind of hamming it up a little bit. And That's true. What, what did you think of Alan's portrayal of K2S? <laughs> <laughs> Well, now, <laughs> how long have we got? <laughs> um, I, I met you, didn't I, at, uh, where was that place, the big shed thing in the middle of nowhere, where, the, uh, where they used to house blimps. Anyway. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were shooting um, yeah. uh, Rogue One. That's right. It was, yeah, big uh, hangar. 
big, big, big hanger. And you came and interviewed me because you just needed to know. You told me I was the inspiration for your art and that you wanted to know how to Did be a robot. Did you say that? Not really. I asked for a cup of tea. <laughs> That's not me. That's right. Uh, we met backstage, and it, it was great fun. You kind of outlined that you were going to have more attitude than 3PO, and I was already jealous. And then, of course, I asked you the question, and then I was really jealous about whether or not I was going to be wearing a practical costume or evidently a fake costume. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, watching that panel, this kind of makes me sad that there wasn't a scene of instead of the 3PO R2 kind of cameo just being them alone in the hangar, it would have been great to see them bump into K2 or something. K2 and 3PO to interact or something. That would have been cool. I still have my dreams. <laughs> oh, nice to see a familiar face. How rude. But another great panel that we did not go to was the Heroines of Star Wars panel. Yeah, that one was cool. Which, again, another Filoni one with Sabine, Ashley Eckstein, Ahsoka Tano, and then a, a surprise appearance from Daisy Ridley. And I don't know, they, it was a great talk about heroines and Star Wars in general and how important that is. And then they talked about the Force of the Destiny cartoon, which looks yeah. great. And the people there got to see an episode. Which we did not we keep missing the panels where you see stuff, where you only get to see stuff that you're that when you're there. Yeah. <laughs> we wait all night for the ones where everybody gets to see yeah. everything, but I can't wait for Force of Destiny. I think it's a great idea. For many years, something that's been really important to Star Wars is these characters that little kids can grow up and recognize a little bit of themselves. So with Forces of Destiny, there was an opportunity to tell some additional stories around these terrific characters from throughout the franchise. Forces of Destiny, they're these almost bite-sized, short, self-contained adventures that take place in different time periods. It's very much a real part of Star Wars. Well, we were very fortunate to have Daisy reprising her role as Rey. BB-8, this way! Felicity Jones as Jen Erso. I suggest you pick on someone your own size. <gasps> we have Lupita back as Maz. It's a nice night for telling stories. This new series of shorts just opens up a whole new realm of possibilities. Did you, I love that Maz is the, like, introduces each story. Like, it's like a, like a story she's telling. No, I think it's I think it's cool to have a, basically a way to jump around and do stories from all the different time frames too. I think that's really exciting. I think all the action figures or dolls or whatever you want to call them, I think they look great. Um, I'm especially excited because when my daughter started watching Clone Wars, one of the things she wanted was a like 12 inch size Ahsoka figure, and I was just like, I can't believe that was never made. Like, it's as, as popular as Ahsoka is, there's never been, like, a like a playable big Ahsoka figure. And I showed her a picture that that's coming out, and she was just like, I want that. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, great. There was one figure that was really speaking to you. Yeah, the Chewie, which they didn't have on stage. I, I can't re resist all the ridiculous, weird Chewies they've made. The, the 90s Hasbro 12-inch Chewbacca's, they went through, like, two or three different just bizarre iterations there's a like bendy furry one and then there's the plastic one looks like he's carved out of wood <laughs> so now they kind of this is like a hybrid between the 
the bendy one and the and the one with fur. So yeah, I'm excited. I think the whole line is is just for me because it kind of looks like they're like Thunderbirds dolls mm-hmm. or uh, a little bit like the Clone Wars kind of proportion. So yeah, I'm excited for those. I think the sky's the limit. I hope they do a Shock T one. I'm hoping for a Yaddle cartoon. Man, it could happen. Jira doing the weather with Anakin cartoon. <laughs> it's I, it, it could be there. Clone Wars is any indication. <laughs> there's nothing he won't go. There's nothing. He, there's nowhere he won't go. So <laughs> there's a really good chance that, yeah, we may get Yaddle on Tatooine talking to Jira about the weather. <laughs> it's very, it's very hot, Yaddle. <laughs> I can't see you. You're too far down over there. If the storm comes, I can't leave my shack, so I'll blow away. So goodbye to Jira today. So there were a couple panels that we did go to that were awesome. We went to the um, Secrets of the Cantina with Tom Spina and Pablo. Did not disappoint. Never does. Absolutely amazing stuff was talked about. They started out right away hitting a home run, talking about the fact that there was a sign. As they were leading into talking about the sign, they showed the picture of outside the cantina with somebody oh. sitting on a dewback. George Lucas sitting and on a dewback. And they're pretty sure it's George. Yeah, it was George Lucas sitting on a dewback, which ah. I immediately checked off my bucket list of things that I <laughs> wanted to see before I died. So. I can thank them for that. I'm getting on it, everybody. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's got to get on this thing. It's my movie. I can do whatever the hell I want. I'm getting on it. Nobody can <laughs> yeah. stop me. Little do we know that there's somewhere there's like a photo album in his house, and it's just him sitting on all the props. I did it all. <laughs> him in an X-Wing. Him in the Emperor's chair. Yeah, but he's not even inside the X-Wing. He's just sitting on top of it. <laughs> Riding it like a bull. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I'm the director. I get to ride all this stuff. It's called a Lucasfilm production, not a you production. I, I can do what I want. I'm paying the bills. This makes me think I should get a big, big chair when this yeah. is all done. Yeah. that was. It's almost like the Goldilocks and the Three Bears, and it's like George Lucas just had to sit on everything until he found <laughs> the giant chair, and he's like, this one's just right. This chair is too small. <laughs> yeah, so um, then they went into the fact that above the cantina door— there is a sign that's like the name of the bar. And it was like, what, SPGA? They figured it was out? just like some space gibberish letters because it yeah. was before they had the Arbush Ar stuff. So it was just some space letters that nobody knows what they were supposed to mean. There were really great recorded messages from like Rick Baker talking about his time working on A New Hope, which was just like, whoa, like, wow. And it was like, at first it was just like, is this like old recorded interview footage of Rick Baker? But then he was just like, hey, everybody, it's Star Wars Celebration. It's like, wow. Yeah. And then who was the other guy they interviewed in the UK? Some maniac. (laughs) Who only had like one button in his shirt. Yeah. (laughs) But he had a ton of sweet Star Wars stuff in his house. Yeah. Because I think, oh, no, he was one of the guys who worked on um, Stuart Freeborn's team, right? Yeah. He was like yeah. the one guy who wasn't related to them. Yeah. And they were talking about Freeborn's son, how much he did. How many fumes they inhaled because yeah. they were working in a room with no <laughs> ventilation. They showed the original Greedo mask, which was like 
Land of the Lost looking dude. They compared one alien to Don Rickles and put up a little Don Rickles tribute thing on the screen. Yeah. He's referred to as the Don Rickles alien, I think, right? <laughs> that was like the what they called him. I, I uh, think they spend about 20 minutes talking about uh, washing the hair of a Muftok creature suit. Because yeah, well, Rick Baker, <laughs> what did he spill on the Muftok? Latex. Yeah. Liquid latex. <laughs> Yeah, he knocked over a can of liquid latex all over it. It's amazing because it happened last time, too. It's like they were talking about the pictures. They were looking at just at the characters in the foreground, and they all of a sudden looked in the at the background that they'd never looked at, even though the pictures are 40 years old, and they found the, the crocodile on the wall. Right. There's yeah. a crocodile head that no one's ever noticed. An upside-down fish head <clears throat> on the wall of the cantina. So much magic to find. <laughs> Just keep looking. Watch the movie one more time. <laughs> the, another great panel that we went to was uh, our buddy Oki's Art of Japanese Star Wars Vegetable Carving Episode 3, which there was so much gold in this panel. I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, I think... I don't, if you guys didn't believe us before when we said that's the panel to go to, hopefully you'll believe us now after going to it again. Yeah, it was great. There was like so much love in that panel. Let alone that you get to see Tasu Leech carved from a carrot, an octopus boar gullet coming after what may or may not be a sweet potato Bodhi Rook. Yeah. I mean, but Oki, I mean, you heard it probably in our um, Live from Celebration episode. He's the happiest guy in the world. He loves Star Wars maybe more than anybody. Yeah, and he loves all of Star Wars equally, I think. Yes. Other than Obi-Wan. Yes. But just (laughs) any character you could think of, he has carved them out of food. They look amazing. I think his whole presentation was all lines from the movies, basically, in, yes. a, in, a, in a carved vegetable to go with it. And it was, it was phenomenal. On the side of the stage the whole time were members from Jedi Order Japan. And then after his presentation was done, they did a whole thing about Jedi Order Japan. And there was a lightsaber demonstration. And you got to meet the guy that makes Rubik's Cubes, like R2-D2 Rubik's Cubes himself. And they led us all in a chant of May the Force be with you. It wasn't, was it you? Was the Obi-Wan scissors? Yeah, it was like one, two, and then three was the Obi-Wan scissor hand oh. lightsaber pose. It was, it was life-changing. If you're thinking you're going to go to Celebration, the next Celebration, he'll do an episode four, guaranteed. You got to be there. It's rare that things exceed my expectations, and that definitely exceeded my expectations. (laughs) So weirdly, right now, as of recording this on Sunday night... Watch, it'll probably happen tomorrow. Let's see, as it usually does for us. But, right. Oh, yeah. The Han Solo trailer will probably come out, too. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as we're done recording. But, like, the Star Wars YouTube channel, the only way you can watch 
some of the panels that aren't the 40th anniversary or the last Jedi one is you have to kind of scrub through like the 10 hours or six hours of live footage. It's kind of weird. And there's like a lot of awesome panels that may or may not have been recorded that haven't come out yet. Like the, um, the John Knoll panel where they showed a ton of extended and deleted scenes from a new hope. But I'm trying to remember, didn't this happen a little bit even at Celebration, the last two, even, that some of these kind of island behind-the-scene things, they don't put online? Yeah, like our like we were talking about earlier, our Art of Force Awakens panel we went to, which for us was mind-blowing. And, you know, there was the whole Episode Seven art department eight months before the movie came out talking about what the movie was going to be about. Yeah, and that never showed up online. At and all. I think even at this point, it's uh, they haven't put it up. Which it would be f- fun to go back and watch that again to kind of see how much they gave away. Or then what was the the John Knoll, what thirty years I forty years ILM or thirty years ILM panel? Mm-hmm. That hasn't come online. That was from uh-huh. Anaheim. But yeah, yeah, there was the the making of Rogue One panel from Orlando with a ton of stuff in it and. That's just nowhere to be seen. It's, I think if there's one negative to celebration is there's there's so much good stuff to see, and a lot of times all that good stuff is at the same time. Because I would have loved to go to the to that Rogue One panel. Because I mean, John Will's always a treat. Um, he's always got something cool to show you, and he's always fun to hear him talk. And I don't even know everything they talked about in that panel. I mean, it was it was right after the 40th anniversary, and it was almost like. If you couldn't get into the 40th anniversary, well, at least you could go to that, maybe. But, yeah. I mean, we did the 40th, and it was like, I, I couldn't think of sitting down and watching another panel after that. You know what? I, they did go into some of the details in one of the... I'm trying to remember, and I remember... Didn't they say they did, they did like, a, a gag reel, or as a joke, they had... Um, they had a scene at the end where you saw Kazian and Jin, and they were like the burned bodies like Owen and Beru. Yeah. I, you know, I wish I would have seen that. but <laughs> And I guess uh, John Knoll showed some of the animation failures of Digital Tarkin, where he had like a giant balloon head or Aww. his head like shriveled up into, the, into his body and stuff. And oh, well. Yeah, someday it'll end up on something when 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 movies come out on crystals <laughs> so i have the extra deleted scenes on the crystal version of the uh, star wars movies when you download it into your mind some wonderful person at least cell phone the uh, deleted scenes and those are on um yeah youtube because the one i guess that i don't know if people knew about this before but the one that kind of blew my mind was uh oh, what is it tag general taggy Tag. General Tajay. <laughs> yeah. He shops at Tajay. Yeah. General Tajay. Um, but basically where he calls Darth Vader a Sith Lord. I tell you, he's gone too far. This Sith Lord sent by the Emperor will be our undoing. Until this battle session is fully operational, we are vulnerable. Rebel Alliance is too well equipped. Which is pretty wild to hear them throwing around Sith Lord in 1976. Yeah, I just about spit out my coffee when I heard that. <laughs> so, you know, again, the movie's been out for 40 years and we're just now hearing this. 
also, there was absolutely nothing said about the Han Solo movie, which is surprising. It was a little weird. I mean, we were saying in the um, in our Live from Celebration episode again that during the Last Jedi panel, we were in the back row. And you could turn around and look at them. There was a giant screen with the script on it. And it said, Josh Gad, hey, Kathy Kennedy, and now you're making the Han Solo movie. And they just skipped right over that line, which is interesting. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know when they would have put it in, but it's like we were saying before we recorded, like, they could just announce panels. Like, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised at Celebration if there were, like, secret panels. They would piss everybody off to no end, but. Well, and it seems like it's so chaotic. Like, if they just added a panel, hey, by the way, tomorrow there's this new panel. Like, okay. And, yeah. You know, you f- you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because it's so crazy, you can't really. It's it is really hard to plan too far in advance, anyway. Because you kind of got to wing it. Like, okay, am I going to get into this thing or not? Okay, I'm going to go to this other thing. But we did get to see the Force for Change video, which was what the like the day we got back from celebration, right? Yeah, with the the six eyed alien looking sweet. Yeah, I don't know if that made it better or worse <laughs> seeing that. <laughs> well, and then it's crazy too, because then like a week after celebration or something or two weeks. There's the announcement with the release date for episode nine, which I'm not even ready to start thinking about nine at all. Don't talk to me about what we're having tomorrow night for dinner. Let's just figure out tonight. Right. Well, it's not even tomorrow. It's like you're you're planning my dinner next month. <laughs> I don't know. That's next month. Yeah. That might as well be another century. But yeah, it's interesting because like, well, if Han is supposed to come out almost a year from now. Pretty much. I don't know. Is that still going to happen? Well, I almost feel like maybe it's just a thing where they kind of had an official press release at some point saying when Han's coming out. So they didn't need to say it again because they haven't said anything about Episode 9 or Indiana Jones yet. So we're just supposed to already know when Han Solo is coming out. That's how I kind of feel. It was just it wasn't like there's no mystery. It's just, hey, we already told you when it's coming out. We don't need to tell you again. Well, and I wonder, I mean, they've got, they got D23 coming up in the summer. There's San Diego Comic-Con. I mean, I imagine still they're going to, if we look at Lucasfilm and the way they've done Force Awakens and Rogue One and Last Jedi, it's, it's one movie at a time for the most part. I mean, there was the time, like, before we saw anything for, for Rogue One, we had that weird little teaser thing for The Last Jedi. Remember that? Yeah. Well, and then there was the uh, the cast photo, too, in costume. Like, I got to think we'll get something like that at, at D23. A picture of Alden Ehrenreich with Chewie. Maybe in the Falcon, but at least, like... Show what he looks like as Han Solo. Maybe show Don Glover as Lando. Or show, you know, Amelia Clark, her character, or who Woody Harrelson, or whoever the heck, the heck else is in this movie. Yeah. Just kind of give us, like, a cast photo. Of, like, okay. Yeah. I got to think we'll get something between D23 and San Diego. They'll have to, uh, well, unless they just keep showing us Last Jedi stuff and <laughs> knocking us into a coma. <laughs> I was at the grocery store wearing a last jedi t-shirt last week and a guy working at the store was just like talking to me about last jedi and stuff and he's like when does that come out 
And I was, t- oh, I was like, oh, December. And he's like, oh, man, not that far away. And I was like, you know, it's really crazy. Then five months after that, Han Solo movie comes out. And he didn't know anything about the Han Solo movie. He was like, oh, oh wait. No. Yeah, he was like, wait, is Harrison Ford back? I was like, no, it's like young Han Solo. And they're like, who's, he's like, who's playing Han Solo? And I was like, this guy, Alden Ehrenreich. And he's like, I don't know who that is. And he, the first thing he said, though, was like, well, does he look like Harrison Ford? And I was like, yeah. Kind of <laughs> But it's like man that's why they got to put a picture out Yeah well it's, we talked about this With Rogue One where it's like we kept waiting for the Rogue One like Explaining what it is to people tour Yeah And they never did they were just like it's Star Wars people will figure it out Right <laughs> It's just true they did, and yeah. they did. So Someone will ask their weird uncle and he'll explain it to them <laughs> You know, there's one was one other thing in celebration that they didn't have that I was really surprised, which was the props room. Tell me about it. Because man, at Anaheim, they showed us the trailer and we were going nuts. And then it was like, oh, by the way, go to the props room, and we got to go, you know, lay on the floor and look at stormtrooper <laughs> costumes and BB-8 and Kylo costume. Ren, yeah, Kylo Ren's suit and lightsaber little models of the ships like maybe people died <laughs> and they were like we don't want anybody to die this year so we're not going to do it because th- i was i don't know i couldn't figure out why they didn't do that for last jedi and if they didn't want to do last jedi stuff i was surprised they didn't have the the rogue one costumes because i think most of the people at uh orlando weren't at london yeah or i was thinking if you don't want to do last jedi fine but do keep the spirit of the 40th anniversary of Star Wars and just have 40 years of Star Wars from the Lucasfilm archives, you know? You're right. And then yeah. maybe at the end have Ray and Luke's Last Jedi costumes. You're right. Because I want to say at Celebration 2 and 3, if not both of them, there was stuff from the movie that was coming, but also like some classic stuff, wasn't there? Oh, yeah, there totally was. And I, I'd be curious for listeners out there who were at um, L.A. or the other two in Orlando that we were not at. I, I'm pretty sure there were Lucasfilm archive displays at those, too. Yeah, because I feel like that's, you know, one of the big reasons you want to go is like you want to get to see that stuff. Yeah, it's uh-huh. always been one of the highlights of the whole experience. That was that was weird. That really was weird. And I didn't yeah. hear too many people aside from us complaining about it. I know. Maybe they're like, there's just like these two dudes that'll care. So we're not going to deal with it this time. These two giant tall guys wearing yeah. matching T-shirts. It's kind of weird. <laughs> they keep hanging out by the giant Bail Organa <laughs> banner. <laughs> Or they're like, we'll hang this big Bail Organa banner up and this will distract them. <laughs> That'll keep them happy. Yeah. They'll just keep, hey, we didn't see this yet. Hey, wait, we didn't see this yet. Hey, <laughs> we didn't see this yet. I think an actual quote from us at Celebration, well, let's see what's going on by the Bail Organa banner. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's yeah. go walk down by that. Maybe there's some cool people hanging out by that. Yeah. And I think when we were walking to the Bail Organa banner is when we saw the guy dressed as Bail Organa. 
Yes, with his wife dressed as Mrs. Bailagana. And they had a real live baby. Yes, they did. <laughs> so. I'm sorry, sir. It's time for you to leave. And so it is. But yeah, that is weird that that wasn't there. To write a letter to Mary Franklin. I think she's getting enough letters. <laughs> Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back Collection. Action figures each sold separately. Chewbacca's hurt too. FX7 has eight movable arms. The medical droid did it. You saved me, Rebel Soldier. Why? When the Force is with you, your duty is to do good. FX7, Rebel Soldier, Imperial Stormtrooper, and Chewbacca. Action figures each sold separately from Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back Collection from Kenner. So Gabe, we got we got some new iTunes reviews. We got a bunch of them, and we'll read um, we'll read a couple of them here. Okay. Uh, first one we'll read is from it's J Ohio, or it's like J like apostrophe Ohio. So is that Johio Johio maybe? Yeah, probably. Um, Johio writes solid, uh, good personalities and banter interspersed with crazy pop culture references from 70s to current and NPR Radio Lab style soundbite editing to enhance the references. Sounds wacky, but it works. The sequence format and production and editing are high quality. All right. All right. Thank you, Jahio. Yeah. And thank you, Jason, for doing all the editing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The next one we'll do is... Titled Such a Blast by Tibby Toes. And Tibby Toes writes, I am a new Star Wars fan, 34, but somehow missed out on a lifetime of awesomeness. And I greatly enjoy listening to Jason and Gabe every Tuesday. Learning from them has been very entertaining. So if you want a cool, laid-back show and the ability to wish everyone a happy birthday in your best Saw Guerrero voice, you found it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. thank you. Okay, this is a good one. This one's from Theodore Judah. And Theodore Judah wrote a five-star Star Wars podcast. And I think this one was written right after our Twin Sons episode. Because uh, they wrote, this is, this is certainly a five-star Star Wars podcast. Despite the weird way they pronounce Marin County. Well-produced <laughs> and fun, fun, fun. Which I found out afterwards... It's pronounced Marin County. It's Marin, okay. It's not Marin? <laughs> I guess not. It's not Marion County? Marion. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> <laughs> it's Baloche. Baloche <laughs> County. Next time we're going to talk about where George Lucas comes from, it's Baloche. Except for one of them. He's very clever. Thank you. 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 Thank
Hi, J.J. Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode Seven, thank you. Well, so thank you for those reviews, folks. We got a bunch more that we'll be getting to in coming weeks. And so then you should write us a review on iTunes after you're done listening to this episode. Go over there, leave a five-star review, and we'll read it on an upcoming show. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. more blast points check us out on blastpointspodcast.com uh, we're also on instagram twitter facebook and you can download the podcast pretty much anywhere there are star wars podcasts and order a blast points t-shirt from the handy dandy link on blastpointspodcast.com just if you want to get yourself a cool blast points t-shirt for the summertime head to the website look for the link and you'll be good to go um, so yeah, that about wraps up episode 71. Uh, next week we're going to be starting our 40th anniversary of A New Hope. A couple weeks of good times. We're going to be talking next week about uh, the early versions of A New Hope. What could have been. Going in the, the time machine back to the beginning. <laughs> Hopefully you don't go too far and then it'll be an episode about THX 1138. But, oh. well, that won't be so bad either. Just about THX... <laughs> 4EB, Electric Labyrinth, the short Ooh, film. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Billy D will listen. <laughs> Let's hope. Yeah. All right. So until then, thanks for listening, folks. Thanks. Talk to you soon. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. see you you're here on stage now i mean the big time it's really fun for me to see you here i'm so proud all right cool now we're gonna wrap this up so now. proud i do right. emma andy huh? is she great she does such a great job she does such a great job thank you Dave. love having her here really really means you're a lot to great, me a great representative a great representative all right cool we're gonna wrap this up now uh, thanks dave thanks right. for coming by everybody dave all right, guys, thank you may the force be with